What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. It's Chrisomania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man, with the powerful questions. (laughs) Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! Well, here we go, my friend, for another episode of the Chris Van Vliet Show. Thank you for being with us on this one. It's brought to you by Bet Online and Blue Chew. And I have to thank my podcast network, Blue Wire, and my editor extraordinaire, Donald Paz, who mixed and mastered and edited this episode in record time so that you can be enjoying this right now. I also can't tell you how grateful I am to Matt Cardona for this conversation and super grateful to you for spending this hour with us. Take a screenshot, tag me at Chris Van Vliet, tag Matt at the Matt Cardona, and let us know that you're hanging out with us on this one. Obviously, a lot has happened with him. A lot has changed over the last three weeks. I mean, the fact that we're calling him Matt Cardona, his real name, instead of Zack Ryder, is just, it's just the tip of the iceberg. And there's a ton of ground to cover with him, especially since this is the first interview I've ever had the pleasure of doing with him. We met in person once. We tell the story very briefly in this, but it was the Saturday night of WrestleMania 32 that weekend in Dallas. Little did I know that he was going to win the Intercontinental Championship so epically the next day. Now, thanks for helping to share these interviews with your friends. And, and really just to anyone who likes wrestling. Maybe it's your mom, dad, your uncle, your uncle Tony. Just made up that name there. Thank you for sharing it. We're closing in on 250,000 subscribers on YouTube. A quarter of a million subscribers on YouTube. And getting close to that thousand review Goal that I set on Apple Podcasts. So if you're listening to this on your iPhone, it would take you less than 30 seconds to scroll down right now on the show's page, click those five stars. And if you're feeling extra generous, maybe you could leave a review. And I will keep reading one on every episode to shout you out, to say thank you to you, and selfishly to encourage you to leave more reviews. Like this one from Young Skiles who titles this Tremendous Podcast. One of the things I appreciate about this podcast is that you don't limit yourself. You're happy to interview anyone, be they big wrestlers, commentators, or legends, or even independent wrestlers. The variety of your guests makes the show stand out, and your interview skills are the best in the business. Keep up the great work. Wow. These reviews are so nice. It's so nice to be able to see these and read these. So thank you. These, along with subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribing on Spotify, is so, so, so helpful. So I really appreciate you 
helping to get the word out there. And I just appreciate that we get to hang out together, whatever you're doing right now. If you're just sitting around, maybe you're on a run, maybe you're driving somewhere, whatever it is, I'm super glad that we get to hang out. And there's a lot in this interview with Matt Cardona. And, you know, I mean, so much has happened you know, in the last 15 years, and so much has happened since April 15th, since he was released. But like he always says, he's always ready. So I'm excited to see what's next for him. And he's so incredibly excited for what's next for him as well. He has such an insanely positive attitude about everything. And it's so infectious. How can you not smile when you hear the way he talks about this stuff? So he talks about his release and how he survived other releases where he was magically not released, and some of his co-workers were. What he wants to do next, he talks about his thoughts on AEW, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, New Japan, the true story behind the Z-True Long Island story, and how it led to his major wrestling figure podcast with Kurt Hawkins, a.k.a. Brian Myers, his emotional Intercontinental Championship win at WrestleMania 32, and celebrating it with his dad in the ring, which he did not expect to happen. The three big regrets he has from WWE. And so much more. It's such a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Cardona. I am so happy that this is the background for the interview for you. Well, I mean, this is just, uh, I call it my office, but it's really Toy Room Part 2. Uh I have good lighting here. I do a lot of stuff for the major wrestling figure podcast. Nice little plug for the podcast. So it's a nice little setup backdrop, you know? You also sound great. Like you're like, <laughs> for everyone who's just listening and not seeing you, you're wearing like an air traffic controller. Oh, yeah, baby. This is what we wear for the podcast. I think these are uh, supposed to be for video games. Uh, I'm not a big gamer. But I have these. I got these sent to me by Turtle Beach. These custom major wrestling figure podcast headphones. Uh, so, yeah, usually no one's watching me uh, while I'm doing it. So right now I'm looking at myself. I look kind of ridiculous. But no, you look great. great. Yeah, you, you sound great, which is most important. <laughs> We're 30 seconds into this, and you've right. already played the podcast twice. I appreciate right. it. <laughs> I got one of the shirt also and the hat. Uh, uh, available on ProWrestlingTees.com slash MajorDewitPod. Um, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Matt Cardona. Just, you know, check it out. I'm glad we got that all the way. Uh, you I'm know, a hustler. You'll, 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 you'll learn in this interview that I'm so excited to be free because I love the hustle. I love working hard. I love being creative. The hustle, it's like, oh, it's, I, like, I'm waking up every morning. I'm like, ooh, what can I sell today? <laughs> Look how jacked up you are about this. <laughs> That's great. So how are you holding up? It's been, you know, it's been about, been about three weeks since the news, you know, came yeah. out that you were released. How are you holding up? You would think that I would have so much time on my hands, but there's not enough time in the day because now I can do all these things. Uh, I'm pursuing all these other opportunities. Uh, the podcast is blowing up the major wrestling figure <laughs> podcast. Um, but yeah, so it's just, you know, all these, these business calls, you know, doing things that I should have done, like clean my garage, you know, so I don't have any free time. <laughs> Did you have any idea that you'd be on that list uh, when they released all those people on April 15th? Okay, so let, let's uh, let's talk serious for a second. Okay, so okay. we all, that morning, we got, I say we, everybody in WWE got this group. You could tell it was a group text message like, hey, check your talent app. There's a video to watch or something like that. The verbiage might be. You know, it was something like that. 
Sure. And it was a video from Vince McMahon talking about the state of the company and the state of the world. And, you know, basically saying that that layoffs uh, would be coming. So, I mean, I'm a smart guy. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> okay, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Macardona. Let's set it up right now. Like, I already had it set up. I had my logo guys making logos, Pro Wrestling Tees making logos for me. Like, I, I knew it was coming. Um, I mean, I didn't know, but I had a pretty good idea. Right. Um, but the thing is, I my contract would have been up in August. Uh, I had never resigned, uh, and for about I guess over a year, we'd been in contract negotiations, and the anxiety that I was living with, like, do I stay? Do I go? Do I stay? Do I go? Because I grew up wanting to be a WWE superstar, of course, right? But mm-hmm. my career's been up and down, up and down, and, and with all these new opportunities out there, it's like, do I really want to stay here or do I want to go somewhere else? And the anxiety of like, do I stay? Do I go? When the decision was made for me, like, no. oh my God, it was like, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Like instantly relieved, instantly. And uh, it was weird because, you know, Hawkins got the phone call, Heath, Gals, and Anderson. I'm like, why aren't they calling me? I'm like, are they going to make me sit home till August and just let me rot? I'm like, oh my God, no, please, please call me, please. Uh, and actually, uh, I had to call to get released because I got a text. Oh, can you please, can you please uh, text us? We got, oh, can you please call us? We got to talk. I'm like, okay. So I actually called to get released. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I mean, thought that's a backwards. Um, I mean, there's certain things we're not going to get into, but like, yeah, like I, I knew something was going down because, um, you know, a couple of my texts and, and emails had been ignored for the, the days before. Um, it is what it is, right? It's business. There's no hard feelings. I'm so grateful for my time in WWE. I mean, I was, I was signed when I was 20 years old. Yeah. Uh, I'm 34. My entire adult life has been literally living my dream, being in WWE, being a superstar, um, I mean, my only jobs were working at a deli, working at a pizza place, Gold's Gym, personal trainer with no clients, and WWE <laughs> superstar. So I have nothing to complain about. So grateful. Uh, you know, WrestleMania moments, action figures, just being, you know, in the business for so long at the highest level. So leaving, you know, being told you're released, like, I guess, I guess for some people, yes, they see it as a negative, like, uh, you don't have a job. You don't have money coming in. I get, yeah, that, that's bad, <laughs> right? But but I see it like, okay, now it's time to do stuff I want to do. Now it's time, you know, not saying there was any handcuffs or anything, but there's there, the handcuffs are off, yeah. right? I can do whatever I want. Uh, and I keep saying this, but I, I really believe it. Right now, it feels like it's Christmas morning. I'm just turning that corner. I see all those gifts. They're all wrapped up and I just want to go. I want to go open them. You know, I want to go rest. I want to go do my thing. Um, I'm just so excited because now I can... The sky is the limit. Uh, mm. Since I was 20 years old, I've been, you know, kind of told what I can and can't do. And now it's like, I can do this. I, I, I can do this. Like, <laughs> it's great. I'm so excited for what's next for you. But, you know, with your Christmas morning analogy on Christmas morning, when you see those gifts there, you know, maybe this one is a bicycle shaped gift right. that has wrapping paper <laughs> on it. Or, or maybe this one is, you know, is a large box that you might guess what's in it. Can you guess what's in any of these boxes that are sitting under your Christmas tree right now? I mean, like right now, obviously, you know, Ring of Honor, Impact, AW, all great places to go, right? But 
I've, I've never really been to Japan. I've been there with WWE, but I've never got to go and, you know, experience. I've never been in the Tokyo Dome. You know, I've never wrestled in the ECW arena. Uh, stupid things like there's this guy. I don't know if you know him, Rapid Delivery Rory Fox from the MTV True Life back in the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I ripped his trunks off on ECW, uh, the <laughs> WWE ECW, stripped him naked. <laughs> right. I would love, you know, to build to a big tuxedo match with Rapid Delivery. <laughs> I, the, the, you're so right, though. The sky is the limit here. And, and what's so exciting about this is you say you're always ready, and it sure seems like you were ready. You've been way ahead of this. Like, as soon as, you know, the news came down, you had the T-shirts up already. You were, you were ready oh, right. to go with this. Like, the, the store was set, and I just needed to say, hey, Ryan for Pros and Tees, let's go. Like, make it live now. Like, you, you got to be ready. You got to be ready for anything, not just in this business, but in life. And, uh you know, I've made a career out of making the most of opportunities. So the yeah. always ready thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool uh, catchphrase. I don't even know if it's cool, but it's, it's my catchphrase. It's my hashtag. But it, it's it's how I've had to live my entire life. Like, OK, we're going to use Zach right now. OK, well, I better be in shape. I better, you know, be able to go. And that's and that right now. It sucks that I can't wrestle right now, but I'm so ready to go out there and wrestle. There's been so many other, you know, big layoffs, big releases in the past. With any of those, did you ever feel like, oh, this is this is going to be it? You know, three years ago, five years ago, whatever. This oh, is going to be it. For me? Yeah. Oh, bro. <laughs> like back in the day when I first started, it was like cut city all the time. You know, it was like sink or swim. There were so many guys who didn't really even get a first chance, you know? Um, and I remember vividly, it was right after the uh, the Edgehead thing like died down, like they put out the new program yeah. and, and Hawkins and I, we weren't in it. We're like, Oh no, we're, <laughs> we're going to get fired. <laughs> but I always seem to, uh, I called myself uh, the cockroach of WWE. I always seem to survive everything, you know, all those cuts. I always made it except for this time. But, uh, well, that's why you had the shirt that right. said, I'm still here, still here, you know, uh, literally like still here, uh, or not there, but I, I'm still here, not just in WWE, but in this business. Like, I'm still kicking. I'm only 34. I've been around for so long. People think I'm this old man. I'm 34 years old. You know, like, oh, my God, I haven't even hit my prime yet. Right. Well, there's been a lot of people that have been in a similar situation that you've been in, and now they've gone on to have, you know, crazy successful careers. Do you look at any of your colleagues or any of your friends and go, wow, what that guy's done since he was released, that, that's impressive. I mean, I mean, you look. It, obviously Cody, you know, uh, Moxley, uh, Hager, Dillinger, like they, they all left. They're all like on top of their game right now. And, and you can go back through the, the history of time. People who have left and, and reinvented themselves. Um, Hall and Nash. You ever hear of them? I've heard of them. Right. So it can be done and it will be done. At what point in your career did you realize I've got to start kind of stepping out on my own and doing stuff on my own and trying to help put myself over. Yeah. So, um, I guess it was Christmas, 2010. I talk about Christmas a lot. I love Christmas. Uh, my parents got me a flip camera. I don't think kids these days even know what that is. Oh, wow. uh, That's a real throwback. They don't make those things anymore, but I got, I'm like, what am I going to do with this, this thing? Right. Uh, and a couple of months later, I'm like, well, what if I form like this YouTube show and I'll just, you know, I'm not really doing anything on TV and I'll just kind of, you know, I didn't know what the game plan was. They said, maybe I'll just show like my personality. Uh, and the first one is me just sitting in front of my living room wall, just kind of talking and trying to make jokes. Um, 
and it snowballed into things I, I would, you know, ask my friends to be in or other superstars or my dad. And then I started filming little skits and it, it really took off uh, the Z True Long Island story. And that's, I think, where, you know, I don't think we'd be talking today if it wasn't for that show, because that that show, I think. um I mean, it definitely kept me in WWE at the time, but it, I think it made me who I am. Like, okay, you know what? Like, whatever you want to do, you can do it. Just just put in that hard work. And mm-hmm. like, if someone says no, just just keep working and working and working and working. And eventually the hard work will pay off. When you started doing stuff like that, did WWE ever see that as like, oh, this guy's trying to like make a name for himself without us? Like, did they ever try to hold hold you back from that? See, I don't know if they held me back, but they definitely <laughs> – weren't uh acknowledging it for a little bit you know so i had started the show in february and like okay people were bringing in signs they were chanting my name to shows i wasn't i wasn't even in the building uh my merch was was one of the top selling uh stuff on wwe shop but i wasn't really on television in a featured role and i think eventually like all right we got to do something with this guy i wouldn't say they were holding me back i just you know they just didn't want to use me i guess you know, or they weren't Right. Well, I, I guess that, you know, they could see this from a standpoint where they're going, look, here's the stuff we're giving this guy. And then he's kind of going behind our back and doing all this other stuff over here. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe they would see that as being a bad thing. Yeah. And, you know, I was, you know, I was not burying the company, but I was saying, you know, I'd be climbing over a fence and someone say, what are you doing? I'm trying to get over or some meathead would be pushing me. And I say like, nobody pushes Zack Ryder. So I was like, you know, taking digs of the company, but in a funny way, I wasn't complaining on the internet like people do these days. Yeah, no, and, but but it's it's exactly what kept you around, which is ironic that it was like you saying those things is what kept you kind of going, giving yeah. you the momentum if you weren't getting it from them. And, and when I started the show, and I've said this before, like I wanted to get noticed or get fired. I just wanted some buzz. You know, I needed some buzz. And if, you know, I got noticed by WWE, like, well, that's what I really wanted, obviously, was to be on television, right? But if I got fired, the buzz would have been insane. My indie bookies would have went up. I probably could have went to TNA. You know, so I was very, uh, you know, aware of that, that I needed to create buzz and uh, controversy. It must be so tough with, you know, the state of the world right now. We're all in quarantine. Like you're so ready to go right now. Like as soon as your 90 days is up, I'm sure you're ready to go, you know, start working some indie matches, which unfortunately won't be happening at that time yet. Well, see, that's that's the problem, right? Is that this world is, you know, it's in this this state that we have never seen it in. And it's not safe to go do these shows, you know? So I'm not going to take bookings right now. Let's say, let's say August, right? Matt Cardona versus Rapid Delivery Rory Fox. It's promoted. We have the poster. We filmed the cell phone promos. And then it gets canceled. Right. Right. So the fans are disappointed. Uh, you know, then I owe this promoter a booking. I got to, you know, now I got to, I don't have a calendar yet. Then I got to start making a new calendar. It's, it's just a mess. So I'd rather just wait until, you know, the world is normal to start taking bookings because i don't want to leave the fans disappointed and i don't honestly i don't want to mess up the schedule i don't even have yet right so so you're going to be taking bookings i'm guessing as matt cardona moving forward always ready matt cardona that's my little nickname what do you think okay i like and, it and that I shirt like is available on pro wrestling <laughs> slash major wf pod oh <laughs> Alan, sorry that's the podcast but there's so many pros like oh, these slash matt cardona there's the podcast store the matt cardona store so how different is Matt Cardona going to be from Zack Ryder? Honestly, I think, you know, like it's going to be a, an evolution of, you know, I grew up in WWE, not as a 
only as a wrestler, but as a man as well. You know, so there's certain things that I look back and I'm like, oh, I can't believe I was doing that. Uh, you know, so like the, it's an evolution of just who I am right now. And I think now people are, you know, I can't I can't just be on the indies and be Matt the Barbarian. It's like me, like people know who you are. You know, it's reality based, right? People know it's it's see through. So people know who I am and I'm going to be me. Will the volume be turned up a little bit as the old saying goes? Sure, probably. Um, but I'm just, you know, I have a lot of things in my mind. I'm not going to reveal everything, of course. Um, but it, it, it all depends, you know, where I go, what the circumstances are. Um, I think I've proven over my, uh, you know, my career that I can evolve to different situations. So my, my plan going in, you know, may have to switch and I'm always ready <laughs> to, uh, to capitalize on that and just change things up. Your dad has been, you know, such a big part of everything in your life and fans have seen it, you know, in your, in your big moments in your career. What was the conversation like with your dad after you found out the news on April 15th? So that's another funny one because my my dad, he is like the biggest Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona fan, uh, 100%. Um, so when I was, like I said, I made the call to get released. I knew, I knew what the call was going to be. When you see that text on that day, we have to talk. Well, <laughs> that's like, like, change, you know, like <laughs> we need to talk text. Right. right. I, I knew what was coming. Uh, and the, I don't know, for some reason, I have this painting in my house. Uh, Rob Schamberger painted it. It's of when my dad hopped the guardrail at WrestleMania, which was legit, by the way. Ziggler waved him over, said, come on in. He said, okay. Just that was not storyline. That was not written in. You know, people think that was part of the show. Like, I'm yeah. literally on the ladder looking down like, what the F are you doing in here, Dad? <laughs> you know? And then he tries to put that WrestleMania cowboy hat on my head. Ruined my moment. Well, he's in Ruined Dallas. You know? um, but anyway, <laughs> so I have, a, I, have a, <laughs> I have this nice painting of us hugging. You know, you see the cowboy hat. Um, and when I made the call, I stood right in front of that that photo. And I looked at it. And I was like, I was smile, I was ear to ear smiling the whole time I was getting released. Wow. Like, I'm like, you know what? Like it needed to happen. It, it absolutely needed to happen because things weren't going the way I wanted them to go. Obviously not the way WWE wanted them to go. Um, and this is, I truly believe this is, this needed to happen. And you know what? Like sometimes my dad, he'll call me up. Like, Did you win tonight? Did you lose something? He, you know, he just doesn't get it. But this yeah. he got, he knew also it, it's time to go. I'm imagining you're probably sitting next to Chelsea as you get this text going. Yeah, it's it's happening. Honestly, I was this is gonna sound crazy, but I was kind of pissed because I just ordered these Jimmy seafood crab cakes. They got sent in and I was finally cooking them. And then like this call ruined my crab cake experience. Because if you've ever had the Jimmy seafood crab cakes, they are delicious. They're unbelievable. The the crab meat in there, oh, to die for. So I'm cooking <laughs> these things. They're in the oven. It's like Home Alone where he's about to eat, and then like the the robbers come. That's what it felt like. <laughs> so I still ate them, but I wasn't really enjoying them. I'm like, all right. Was was there? You know, was was Chelsea at all worried that she was gonna get a text like this? I don't think so. I think she was more worried for me to see my reaction, mm -hmm. um, because. I don't think anybody expected me to take it how I took it, you know, because, you know, I don't reveal my whole life to everybody. So like not everybody knows I hadn't even resigned yet. It's not like I had this huge contract that I just signed. Like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? Like my contract would have been up in August anyway. Right. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, of course, part of me wanted to stay. Part of me wanted to go. That was the anxiety that was literally eating me up inside every single day. Like I couldn't sleep at night. And sometimes it'd be subconscious. Like, why am I in a bad mood? Why am I like irritable? Oh, 
because you're, you're thinking about this this life-altering decision and you don't know yeah. what you want to do. I, I just love how positive you've been about this whole thing, though. Like, I think how can you not? Be? I mean, I get to go out and like wrestling is booming right now. Yes, the world is at this odd spot, but when it when it opens back up, oh my god, the fans are gonna be excited. The promoters, uh, it's gonna be insane. There's a lot of opportunity on the other side of this, not just in wrestling, just in life in general. I right. want a lot of people to see that there is a silver lining to this. What's interesting about your situation is. Your identity for the last 15 years has been WWE superstar. Right. And now it's going to make this slight pivot from being WWE superstar to being wrestling superstar. Right. I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I, I switched those Twitter handles that day. Yeah. You know, I was like, done. Zack Ryder, RIP, baby. You know, like, it, I don't want to be, you know, I love the honky tonk man. I don't want to be the honky tonk man. I don't want to be doing the, the headband and the glasses and the woo, 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 like, it's it's over. It's over. You know, Zack Ryder's done. Will I ever go back? Never say never in wrestling, right? Everyone's been back. But sure. my my goal right now is like, my goal is not, oh, how can I get back to WWE right now? That's not my goal. Yeah. My goal is how can I, listen, proving people wrong is great, right? But I'm more concerned about proving my supporters right. Mm. That is like my main focus in all this is proving everybody who has believed in me, proving them right. Like, see, we were right about this guy. That's what I want to do. I don't care about the haters, whatever. I don't care. If I prove them wrong, great. That's not the goal. And you've been all about the supporters. Like when you put out over the weekend that you were going to call every single person who bought something what on a, Pro Wrestling Tees and thank like, <laughs> You're setting yourself up for a very, very busy time. So I, I have like over 500 calls to make, which is great. I, yeah. I Thank you very much to anybody who bought the mug, the hat, the shirt. Available now on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Matt Cardona. But that's a lot of phone calls to make. And I'm I'm just like, oh, my God, these people care? And, like, that was just from this weekend. The, the amount of shirts I sold, you know, the week, you know, I was released up until now has been crazy. So the, the thing is, you think these phone calls are going to be like one or two minutes. What's going to happen when you get someone on there that just wants to talk to you for <laughs> you know, an hour like I'm doing right now? So uh, Hawkins and I, or Brian Myers and I, should I say we've done this a couple of times for the podcast. Uh, we stole it from Bruce Pritchard. So it's, it's a good little sales thing, but it works. And you talk to these people, these fans and you connect with them. And I think the connection you make with these fans, you know, like if, if the headbangers called me, I, I would have, my life would have changed. Oh yeah. I, I talked to Masha Thrasher today. You know what I'm saying? So if you're making just a little impact in somebody's day, their week, their month, maybe their life. Yeah. I mean, it's worth the two minutes. Well, this is the thing. That's the thing. Those two minutes are going to be how they remember you for the rest of their right. life. Sure. And I'm sure you've had these interactions with someone that you look up to and, you know, they, they didn't go the way that you wanted them to go. And then for the rest of your life, you go, ah, oh, so-and-so is just not that nice or whatever. Right. I mean, you have the you ability know, to carve out these great moments with these people. Right. Now, listen, like when I was a kid, I remember uh, I tried to get an autograph from, from Mr. Perfect and he was like in a rush and he wouldn't do it. And I always thought like, oh man, that, that was kind of, that was kind of mean. And then like, I realized like years later when you're at the airport and there's all these people shoving eight by 10 in your face, like I probably want to catch this flight or something, you know? <laughs> was Mr. Perfect your guy growing up? No, nah, Mr. Perfect was definitely one of them, but my, my guy was, was Macho Man 100%. My, my, uh, my dad was a judge for Vince McMahon's WBF. I uh, remember the, the World Bodybuilding Federation. Yeah, yeah. So he connected with Macho Man uh, there. So I was a fan before. And then when that happened, I was like, oh, super fan. 
And my dad kept saying, oh, I met the macho man. And one time the macho man called me on the phone. I thought it was like my dad's friend. I'm like, there's no way this is the macho man. Because Sting came to my birthday party. It was just my dad's friend from the gym. It wasn't Sting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when he said the macho man called, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm talking to macho man. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to pick up the macho man from the airport and take him to uh, the NASA Coliseum for the show. And then we really did. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. You know, wow. so like that's that's the time I, I saw Mr. Perfect. But then like we got to go backstage, we met all these wrestlers, I have all these pictures. Uh it was it was like I'll never forget that day. Now was that the moment when you're like, I want to do this when I grow up? Or had it already happened before? I, I think it already happened. I think you know, you know, little kids like I want to be an astronaut, you know, I want to be a cop. I want like I was always I want to be a wrestler. Uh and it just when you're five, six years old, sure, you can be whatever you want, Matt. But when you're like 15, 16. And it's time to go to college. Yeah. And I still want to be a wrestler. My my mom was, and I understand, I was 160 pounds my senior year in high school. It's not like I was this big, jacked-up guy. Uh, it wasn't the most athletic guy. It wasn't like, you know, a football player or anything like that. Uh, so she was very, like, hesitant. And the deal was that if they paid for my wrestling school, then I would just go to community college for them. You know, I'd go. I'd show up to class. And I did. I got my associate's degree. Um but I didn't care. It, it was wrestling. That's all I ever wanted to do. And and uh, like when you started training, did you go, this is it? I'm making this happen no matter what. But before then, before then, like it, that was it. There was no, like, I am not a naturally positive person, but like for some reason, I just Ooh, knew it. I'm like, this is going to be um, what I'm doing. Like there was no doubt. There was no plan B. There was no second option. This is it. Like I was going to be Matt Cardona or Brett Matthews, my backyard day. Brett Matthews is going to main event WrestleMania against Edge one day. Like that, like there was no, no other doubt in my mind or no doubt in my mind. I think that a lot of these, a lot of what you're saying here, it rings true in that message that Cody put out after you were released. And, you know, when you saw that, what was your reaction to the very kind words that he had to say about you and your career? No, it's it's super cool to, to see somebody who's not only your friend, but obviously, you know, he's got a little stroke in the business, you know what I'm saying? So to see him put out that message, it was very, you know, uh, I, it was that message and a couple other texts I got that like kind of got me a little emotional. Like, because um, I was so like amped up, amped up. And then like, to read somebody else's perspective, like, oh, like, damn, I actually, you know, I'm pretty good. I have done some things here, you know? Of course. Well, when right. you look back on your career, I mean, you even cut a promo about this. It's had the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. If you were to take a year's slice of your career that you were most proud of your work during that year, what year do you think it was? Uh, it's hard to say because I think like my – in ring stuff, I would be most proud of like late 2015 to like maybe late 2016, like before, while I won the IC title, because mm-hmm. I was having all these like kick ass matches on like main event and superstars with with Cody and all these other guys that nobody was ever watching. And what happened was Vince one day just happened to be watching one of those matches and said, "Why aren't we doing some with this guy?" And that's how the snowball effect. Where I ought, I was like, okay, so the Royal Rumble's in January, not not booked for the Rumble, not in it, whatever. Had one of those matches. Vince says in a meeting, why aren't we doing some of this guy? Two months later, I win the IC title at WrestleMania. Like things can just change. <laughs> did you but ever think at any, did you ever think at any point along that path that maybe you were gonna get that main event status? Maybe you were gonna get a title shot, maybe a title run? 
I, I do I did think like after the IC title thing, I'm like, okay, now we're like cooking. Like now like, I think now people were taking me a little more seriously. Uh, because I think like when you're I think any job, when you start, people look at you how you started then. So people were still viewing me as this 20-year-old kid when at the time mm. I was a 30-year-old man, you know? Um, and I think they were finally starting to realize, okay, this guy can go. Uh, he's still popular. Like after all these years, we haven't done anything with him. They still like love him. You know, if they make if they put me in a situation where the fans can, you know, believe in me, they do, you know, and I thank the fans for that. Mm. Uh, like I even like went to uh, Kevin Dunn to get my music changed and updated. So it was like a rock version. I thought like this was really going to be it. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> but if to answer your original question, like what year am I mo- the most proud of? <clears throat> Excuse me. Definitely 2011 starting the year as an absolute nobody doing the YouTube show. And then ending the year, you know, winning the U.S. title, the the Rocket MSGs talking, they're chanting my name over. Like, that was a pretty cool moment. What can I say? Uh, but that year, I was so proud of that because I proved that, you know what? You're not going to use me? No, yes, you will. Hmm. You will use me. And I proved a lot of people wrong um, that entire year. And I think, you know, I'm very proud. Like, this internet title that I have hanging here, it's like, yeah, it's not real. It's not a real. But to me, this is the, the realest title there is in this on this wall. Well, that's, what, that's that's why you're in the position that you're in right now because for, of that. for what it symbolizes it uh you know they said we're not going to use you and i said yes you are mm. and i kind of forced their hand you know i i made them use me Let's didn't, it didn't work out <laughs> the way i had hoped <laughs> but hey well, let's take it back to WrestleMania 32. You know, you, you brought it up a few times now, the Intercontinental Championship win, the ladder match. I actually met you the day before in the hotel lobby at the hotel. I, w- I was hanging out with Ziggler, and Ziggler had to go to the bathroom or something. He's like, hey, you just talk to Ryder for a second. <laughs> I'm like, All right. I'm like, hey, you got a match tomorrow? Yeah. I'm excited. And you're like, yeah, I'm in the ladder match. And that was it. Like, I didn't think anything of it. And then you right. win the title right. that night, and this reaction was insane i want to ask you at what point had you been told the plans for that match so i think i've told this story before um i was not supposed to be in the match there was like a list going around backstage and my name was on it. i was like i'm in this ladder match like because like i said i was doing nothing on tv like i was on superstars main event uh also at the time i'd been going to nxt on my off days to do the hype bros with mojo right so i, I had this weird schedule where i was like you know the hype rose with Mojo, and then I'd be regular me, you know, on the weekends and, you know, at TVs. And I heard I was on this list, and then, I, of course, I heard I was off the list. I'm like, you know what? To even be considered to, to be in this WrestleMania match is, wow. Okay, maybe, you know, maybe Vince did see that match, and maybe, you know, things will turn around for me. Because uh, it was after, like I said, he saw the match and said, why aren't we doing something with him? Um, and then, you know, so the match is about to be made, and Neville, uh, Pac, gets injured. And which is on a Monday. And I said, okay, this is my, my shot. And I, I'm the worst politicker ever. And that's like the worst. But that day I'm like, this is my mission. I'm getting in this match. And I found road dog who was you know, the top of uh, the creative team. And I don't exactly remember what I said to him, but I just spilt my guts. And I think he could just feel the passion just coming mm-hmm. out of my, you know, my mouth. And one of the things that he told me, I said, and I'm sure I said it, but I have no, like I said, it was like, I went blank. I was just like spitballing everything of why I deserve to be in that match. And I said that I had never heard my music play at WrestleMania. And he said like, that's the quote that stuck with him. Like, okay, he, he needs to be in this match. And he, you know, he went to bat for me. So I thank him for that. 
uh, which is true. I never heard my music play at WrestleMania. Uh, my first WrestleMania, we Hawkins and I, or Brian Myers and I, we ran in during uh, Take Your Edge. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I was in every Battle Royal, Lumberjack, Andre the Giant, Battle Royal thing there was. Uh, WrestleMania 28, it was Team Teddy versus Team Johnny. I came out to Teddy Long's music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So this is the first time I get to hear my music. So that's the win right there. Just walking down, WrestleMania, my own music. And I believe it was the Tuesday before um, I was told I was going to win. And I was like... I, I didn't want to get excited because in typical me fashion, I'm like, it's going to change. It's going to change. Right. And it didn't. Did they tell you you were going to win and then lose the next night on Raw? Yes. yes, they did. And people always say, like, you were only a champ for one day. Thank God. That is my story, right? That's that's my career. You think of you think of Matt Cardone, you think of Zach Ryder. He gets it. Oh, no, he doesn't. He gets it. No, he doesn't. Like, that is how it should have been. Like, why, why lose the title to the Miz at Backlash, right? Like, who cares? Everybody remembers that one night, and then the next night I lost it. My dad is the reason I lost the Intercontinental Championship. So, like, <laughs> I love it. I'm glad it was one night. It, was, if if we could there? redo it, if we could redo it, I would have lost the same night. <laughs> what was, when they pitched this to you, what was their reasoning in going, and tomorrow you're going to lose it to Mike? I think I think the plan, the original plan was for Miz to win, but it wasn't really a good feel good, you know, moment. They're like, well, why don't we get a cool shock, you know, shock value, feel good moment, and then take it away. I mean, that's the heat, right? And then you cut this great backstage promo, sit down promo with Michael Cole, and you basically said, look, I'm ready for the world title run. Uh, which I, I was like, I was bought into. I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is going to happen. The fans are behind this. And then it just kind of fizzled out from there. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where it was a like I said, I was doing the the hype bros with Mojo and NXT. So I was told uh, Triple H came up with the idea for me to go to NXT team with Mojo. And if it was coming from Triple H from NXT, I'm gonna I'm gonna work for it. I'm gonna make it work. Who cares? Like NXT wasn't as big as it is now. But I'm like, you know what? This is an opportunity. We're gonna make this hype bros thing work. Um, and the plan was to just go down there for a couple months and then get called up. So we went down there, which turned into over a year. So, like, they weren't doing anything with us in NXT because the plan was to move us up or move Mojo up with me. So we were, do we were just there doing nothing. So when Mojo finally came up, there were, like, nobody cared because we weren't, like, this hot NXT act. And the, mm. the, when Mojo came up, it was, like, right in the – I had just lost the IC title. Then I was wrestling Rusev for the US title. Like, I, I was still going up. And then I'm like, oh, wait, we're still doing the hype bros thing? Why? I didn't understand because I thought like I had proved that I don't need to be in a tag team. Um, yeah. they, they saw it differently, you know? I just want to take a quick pause to thank our sponsors for this episode. A big thank you to betonline.ag. And with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might be thinking there's nothing to bet on. Well, that's where you'd be wrong because our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they are bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem because Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. You can also still bet on Survivor. Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices. You can even bet on Nathan's hot dog eating contest. It's all open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. 
Use the promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online. It's your online wagering solution. This episode's also brought to you by Blue Chew. And guys, are you looking to last longer and maybe go a few extra rounds? We'll get to bluechew.com. Bluechew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to a whole new level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night. You can even take them on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office and have that conversation. And you don't need to spend time waiting in the pharmacy line with the old people looking at you like, well, what did you get a prescription for? Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost. And once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. So here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first order for free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com. The promo code is BLUEWIRE. Do you think there's any adjustments that you need to make now as Matt Cardona to be seen on that main event level in another company? Yeah, I, I do think, you know, uh, I think now I am a lot wiser with what, you know, there's certain things that you do on the internet and are funny. And then like when, when, when the bell rings, you know, the games are over, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, it's all business. Um, and I think I have the ability to, to flip that switch. Um, you can you can watch you know I'm, in, I'm entertaining in this interview I hope uh, or on the, sure. the major wrestling favorite podcast YouTube channel. I've had in a while. But it's you know when the bell rings it's it's not fun and games and and you know I've had a lot of kick ass matches and what sucks uh, I mean it doesn't really suck but because I know I've had them uh, my some of my favorite matches have been on live events or on overseas tours that people will never see unless you were there that night but now mm-hmm. this is my opportunity to show hey this guy can go 15, 20 minutes thirty minutes. So yeah. I, like I'm so super excited for that. It's not like oh you versus Bobby Lashley, get it done as fast as you can, right? You know, I really enjoyed the work you were doing on YouTube with the Last Resort, and I felt like <laughs> I did. You why do you laugh? Last Resort, for those who don't know, is the sequel to Z True Long Island Story. Um, it's a trilogy. There's only three episodes. Yes. Um, it was supposed to be a more serious version of. Z true Long Island story again on my own, but I realized that I wasn't trying to come off bitter, but people were taking it that way. And that's not the vibe I want to put out there. So I just stopped it at three. Well, you smashed the U S title with a hammer. I think people <laughs> should, you know, bring into that how they want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, I'm very, I'm, I'm a very creative person. Um, I love being creative. That's why I love when 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 we found this podcast when we did this major wrestling Fair podcast. And by the way, that's something that we presented to WWE, and they gave us the pass. They said, "Nah, no thanks." Mm-hmm. Blessing in disguise, because this podcast has thrived. This podcast has it lets me be creative. Let's Brian be creative. And now, since we're gone, we still have it. It's ours. You know, if, if it would be a WWE thing and we were released, it'd be gone. Yeah. But now with this time off, we can do more shows than ever, more content than ever. Um, one of the things about like the YouTube show, like that I loved was in the first year, it was all me. 
There was no one editing it. There And literally, I was putting it right to my YouTube channel. There was no one from WWE ever watching it um, and saying, you can or can't do this. Because I was just doing it. Like, I was just doing it. But then it, it got moved to the WWE YouTube channel, and that's when it kind of fell apart. That was So 50 episodes on your own, 50 yes. episodes on WWE's channel. I'm guessing when that switch was made at episode 51, you had to upload it to some sort of Dropbox, have them sucked. look at it. It sucked. It, it sucked. And, and did, I knew they say remove this, remove this. 100%. And when I started the YouTube show, my goal was not to be this YouTube guy. I wanted to get on TV. So once I had ended the year, won the U.S. title, I'm like, that's it. Thank you very much. Z Trulling on Story is over. Um, and in that run, towards the end, WWE tried getting me to move it to WWE.com. I'm like, that's not cool. Nobody goes to WWE.com. You know what I'm saying? Like, people go to YouTube. Uh, I'm like, no, I'm not moving it. And I, I can't believe I had the balls to say that back then. Um, but then when the year was coming up, WWE had just signed this YouTube deal. Because before they had a YouTube channel, but there was like clips. It was like a clip show. There was no, yeah. there's no content like it, how yeah. it is now. And I think the main thing that was going on that channel was the only proven thing that was out there. Z trolling on story. So if I could, I don't have regrets. Don't live in regret. Right. I wouldn't have done it mm. because it, it just, it killed the whole show. It ended up killing me, uh, you know. So and then I was the worst part was doing all this hard. I was still doing all the editing, filming. There was no. It was still my money. They had, they gave me a little camera and a laptop that was out of the box. It wasn't even brand new. <laughs> <laughs> and I was still doing this still on my off days. But now I had a deadline, and I had to send it to somebody, and they had to review it. And there was a lot of times things were cut out. There was one time an episode wasn't put up, so. Like it wasn't, it wasn't the same. And people saw that. And uh, there were a couple hidden gems in there in the last 50. I'm very proud of a couple of them, especially the last one, the last episode 100, I'm very proud of. Um, but it, it just wasn't the same. Are we going to see this lost episode? <laughs> it's it's funny because um, we just talked about this on the major wrestling figure podcast. <laughs> um, so we will, we will not see the lost episode. And okay. I'll tell you why. So the I was doing something called Where's Trent? Uh, Trent Beretta was out injured, good friend of mine. So I would give him like 30 seconds to a minute each show to just be weird, do his thing, right? And he had been doing it for a couple of weeks. And then he sent me like the finale, which was like 10 minutes, over 10 minutes of just weird stuff. And, and the big finish to this is him uh, as his alter ego foil man with a head covered in tinfoil taking on box man, who is John Cena with this giant cardboard box on his head covered in Dolph Ziggler versus Zack Ryder stickers for this WrestleMania match we never had. Just, and it's this big blow off. Um, and I uploaded it to WWE and they said, uh, yeah, we're not using that. Um, just make us a new video by this afternoon. I'm like, mate, what do you think? I'm just taking out my cell phone, like selfie style. And that's how I make these shows. I'm like, no, that's yeah. not how it works. They're like, no, we need it today. Uh, I think at the time the videos had to be three minutes. So I said, Hey, this is, so I filmed it. I said, Hey, Zach Ryder, welcome to Z trolling out story. I don't know, episode 75. Uh, WWE rejected the episode, and each minute needs to be three minutes. So here you go. And I just walked off, and it was the set for two minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> and that didn't get put up either. <laughs> I got a phone call about that one. <laughs> when you went off on your own and did the podcast, 
obviously, you're, you know, they said no to it being you know, one of their products. You went right. off and did it on your own. Did you, for the first few weeks, go, I'll see how long we can get away with doing this thing? Well, one thing that I was doing as as Zach Ryder was the, the Z Troll on story. So we made sure, like, hey, this is Matt and Brian doing this podcast. Let's be it. Listen, I'm not a lawyer. I know nothing about that stuff. But I'm like, we're not being Zach and Kurt doing this because then it 100% is WWE's. But if it's Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, um, and, you know, we weren't hiding it. We were, we were tweeting about it, posting about it, doing it. Um, and no one ever said anything. And, mm. you know, and I'm glad we did it because I've never really used my real name, Matt Cardona, anywhere before. You know, if you go on Wikipedia, you see I'm Matt Cardona. You know, in real life, when I go to the doctor, I'm Matt Cardona. But I, it wasn't really out there, like, publicly, really. Like, I was never calling myself that. So to get the podcast more, more, uh, you know, more eyes on the podcast, I switched all my handles. Not the handle, but on the top, the header to Matt yeah. Cardona. I wanted people to be familiar with it. Yeah. So it's funny because when I got released, people were like, well, what name are you going to be? Well, duh, I'm going to be Matt Cardona now, you know. Whereas before, I would have been probably some weird, you know, Ice Z guy or something, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or Brett Matthews, my backyard name. But now I have this name, um, which is my real name. You know, it's not like this fake name. That's a good and, name, too. Right. And, and, and enough people are familiar with it, which made me comfortable to go ahead and use it. As if I never started the podcast, I might have been a little hesitant to just be Matt Cardona. I love the idea of begging for forgiveness instead of asking for permission because I've lived my whole life like that. Right. Well, this time wasn't even this. We're, we're doing it. There's no forgiveness. There's no permission. We asked to, you know, do it. We wanted to do Zach, Zach and Kurt's wrestling figure podcast, whatever it was going to be called. They said, no. Okay. Matt and Brian, the major wrestling figure podcast. And I'm so glad we did it that way because we have our all, our, all our own merch, live shows, the stuff we do. There's no way WWE would have allowed it. If it was a WWE property. What are you most excited about, you know, with what's going to happen the rest of this year and then into next year? Uh, man, what am I not excited about? You know, like I wake up every morning and there's always something to do. This morning, I had to do your interview. That Now I have to go design some more stuff for the podcast that we got to sell. Uh, there's always something. Uh, honestly, I grew up wanting to wrestle. I'm excited to wrestle again, to get out there in front of the people again, to, you know, I, I have new music that I've been blasted 24 seven. I can't wait to walk out uh, and hear my new music. Um, I can't wait to just, just, just to feel the energy of the people. Uh, I can't wait. They're just, they're, it's like, what am I not excited for is, the, is a better question. Well, I think what's great in everything you're saying here is you're really laying the groundwork for what's next. And I don't mean what's next in your wrestling career. I mean, what's next after your wrestling career, because You've certainly started to become an entrepreneur with all this. Oh, my God. It's like I say crumbs make crumb cake. You, you make a little here, you make a little there. You get the big cake at the end. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and did you always have this entrepreneurial spirit? You know, were you shoveling driveways growing up or mowing really. your neighbor's lawn? I've always been, I think, like a hustler. And I've always, I've always believed in hard work. And I think, you know, with especially with the YouTube show, the, the, the original YouTube show, the amount of work that went into that. Uh, I mean, editing it all. I'm not going to say the same thing over and over again, like I am doing, but it was all this stuff, but there was no, like I wasn't getting, you know, I wasn't getting paid from the YouTube show. I made sure purposely to turn off. Like I didn't want to get anything from the YouTube show because I didn't want WWE to say, Oh, you're making money off our name. So yeah. I, I wasn't getting anything. So now with this YouTube show and this podcast, like, wait a minute, we can get ads, we can get money. 
what? I'm like, what else can we do? Wait, we can we can sell t-shirts and get money. We can sell we sell back scratchers, scratch that figure that you say, and we get money. Like, I just love being creative. And then I love just the best part is seeing your hard work pay off, right? Mm. And there's some things we do and it fails, but I'd rather, you know, try and fail than to not try. And I love that now I have the opportunity to fail on my own as opposed to just sitting in the back eating salt and pepper shitty catering chicken you know i want to go out there i want to get the chicken parm baby you know what i'm saying <laughs> and look I, I think you say try and fail i really don't know if there's any failing uh, in business i think it's you try and then you learn something right, and you, you try you evolve yeah you grow 100 percent. right do you think about you know 10, 15, 20 years from now, whatever it happens to be, after you wrestle your last match, do you think about what you're going to do then? You know what? I honestly don't. I I, I probably should. <laughs> uh, it's crazy because I was just telling Chelsea this the other day. It's like life has gone by so fast, like in the past couple of years. Yeah, I feel like as I get older, time just flies faster and faster. Like the, the IC title WrestleMania thing feels like a couple weeks ago. It was five years ago already. You know, so who knows what's going to happen? But then I see someone like like Dustin Rhodes still killing it, yeah. killing it. I remember when I wrestled him like 15 years ago. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy still got it. That was 15 years ago. And he still got it. He, he would still yeah. blow me up. Yeah. So what's a normal day look like for you if you're not doing an interview like this one? here right. today? Normal, you wake up and then what happens? Uh, I wake up, have a little breakfast. I have a nice little home gym in my backyard. I say nice because it's not nice. Good. I'm jealous. It's, it's, I'm just like any, you know, because I was kind of like in denial about this. Like a lot of us were, I'm like, God, oh, this isn't going to be so bad. Then the gym shut down. And then of course, once the gym shut down, there's no equipment anywhere. So yeah. like for the past couple of months, I've been buying, you know, uh, you know, a pull up thing here, a dumbbell here. So it's like this makeshift gym. Uh, but I work out in the back and then like, you know, like it's been a lot of planning, uh, whether it be designing gear, or, or listening to my new music and saying, oh, change this, change that. Or the podcast stuff. Now the handcuffs are off. We're doing whatever we can. Now we're, you know, we're talking about the AEW figures. We just had Jericho uh, on the podcast interviewing him about the figures. We couldn't have done that, you know, four weeks ago. Yeah, but yeah. now we can. Are you still planning to keep Orlando as your home? Uh, listen, I, I New York, 516, LI, right? Uh, I love it. But I love Orlando. I moved to Orlando a couple of years ago because just one winter I hated shoveling the snow. I said, that's it. And I was living in all these uh, apartments in New York. I'm like, I want a house. Um, I want a toy room. Yeah. And I, I just went and did it. And uh, I was thinking between Orlando and Tampa. And I'm a big theme park guy. So why not Orlando? And that's another thing I'm so glad I did because I went to Orlando. That's how I met Chelsea was because I was here. Um, I was here, I was injured and Cody and Brandy, they were doing, uh, impact at the time. And we met up for dinner in Orlando and said, Oh, there's some girl that was there today. She was complaining about being single. You're single. Why don't you guys, you know, what? I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to date a wrestler. I'm like, Oh, I've been there, done that. doesn't work out. I'm like, Oh, no way. And then, uh, I think they said, Oh, she likes Disney. I'm like, Oh, she likes Disney. Okay. <laughs> so I did the typical slide into the DMS. I think the first thing was, I heard you like Disney. And, uh, we went on a date like two weeks later. She, she tried avoiding me, but then I finally, I finally got through. And then I had no, I had no idea that Cody was the one that set you guys up. Yeah. Cody and Brandy. That's right. Yeah. So it's all because I lived in, or if I didn't live in Orlando, I wouldn't have dated this girl who lived in Orlando. So I, I'm super glad I moved to Orlando. And have a pretty cool toy room too. 
<laughs> well, well, now you can't. Now you can't leave Orlando because there's That's so it. much. Time That's it. <laughs> so if you mentioned Disney, so uh, what's the greatest ride at Magic Kingdom? Ooh, Magic Kingdom. Uh, I'm not a big Magic Kingdom guy. Oh, okay. Uh, so what theme park are we going with? All right. Well, I like uh, Hollywood Studios. Okay. Uh, my favorite ride, I think, is. I'm, listen, I'm a big nerd, right? So my. I'm I'm judging this based off. Okay, you see it from a distance, right? So I'm the outside, the exterior, then the line, the queue, as we call it in the business. Oh, I know what you're going with, right? So I'm saying you see it from a distance, you do the yeah. queue, and then the ride, the triple threat, baby, and then you add in the souvenir shop at the end. Oh, and that's got to be Tower of Terror, of course. Got to be. It's got it all. You see it from a distance. What is that, right? Especially at nights all lit up, you hear people screaming from you, like holy shit, what is that? Then you go through the queue, you know, the haunted hotel. You do the ride, and then you you're out in that gift shop. It's it's beautiful. Didn't they just rebrand it? It's no longer Twilight Zone. So in Disneyland in California, it's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. But still in Orlando, they still got Tower of Terror. Uh, yeah. See, this is one of those differences between uh, you right. know, the Anaheim Park and the Orlando Park. I, I might need to make a uh, a theme park podcast now. I I think that there's no there's no question. <laughs> of all the time you, in the world, right? You've been a guest on these shows, haven't you? I have, yes. I, I know a couple of people in the business who uh, who like theme parks, so maybe we can do a little uh, another show. No, no, Hawkins doesn't like theme parks. So I might need to find a new co-host. You're not going to – let's be honest. Once everything kicks back in, you're not going to have enough time to do another podcast. You know what? I, I just – I love – I keep saying this, but I love working hard and, and getting results. You know what I'm saying? And I love working hard. And fa- if I fail, okay, I fail, but I try. I love trying. You know, you have to, right? We only live once. And like, why, why not go for anything you want to do? Why not follow your dreams? And it sounds, ugh, me just saying that sounds so cliche, but it's true. Like why, if you want something, why not go after it? Yeah. You're like, I you're mean, like Gary Vaynerchuk with spiky hair and a beard. I, I love, I love, I love Gary V. I wish I was like him. He's the man. No, you're, you're, you're saying a lot of the same stuff, which I think that anybody who's in, you know, in business for themselves, anybody who's an entrepreneur should be applying those principles. Right. And listen, be, be realistic. You know, if you're, if you're not, you know, uh, if you're not an entrepreneur, if you don't have that, that mindset, like hardworking, the hustle, then don't just be an entrepreneur. You got to find something you're passionate about and make it thrive. Like, trust me, there's not like millions of dollars in the major wrestling figure podcast, but we get that niche and we go after it and crumbs make crumb cake. You know what I'm saying? And then who knows if that spawns into something else, you never know. I think you got a new t-shirt here. Crumbs make crumb cake. (laughs) I like it. I think that you got that one. Chelsea hates when I say that, and and Brian hates when I say it because I say it a lot. That means you got a good shirt, though. <laughs> like I know how instrumental your dad has been in your life and in your career. Is there one piece of advice that he said to you that you've kind of held on to, and it's helped you along, you know, the, along your career? You know, my dad was never the uh, you know the sit down and pep talk kind of guy, but he was the guy who was the most supportive, like whatever you want to do. Uh, I got your back kind of guy, you know what I'm saying? So my first ever wrestling match, I was in some battle Royal in some high school. He's there with the camera, right? You know, every title I ever won, he was there. Every time the show was in town, he was there. My first ever WWE thing. I was wrestling Matt Morgan on SmackDown in Madison square garden. Before I was signed, I was just local extra talent. Uh, so this is a funny story. So Hawkins and I, we walk in, we're, I think we're 19 years old. We have no business being there. We walk in. We we have no idea. We we don't even have like the roller bag. We have like the big Nike duffel bag. Like we're, we have no idea what we're doing, right? 
and we see the sign that says male talent. Okay, we'll just walk into male talent, put our bags down. We see like hardcore Holly giving us a death stare, you know, like you guys aren't supposed to be in there, right? Uh, and then it was Morrison who was just debuting as Eminem. He's like, hey, there's a locker room for you guys over there. <laughs> and he showed us the way, but back to it, my dad, he, he was a cop. And he flashed his badge to get backstage. <laughs> and he found wow. him like, Dad, you can't be back here. What are you doing? <laughs> but he just wanted like he just wanted to see me and support me. Uh, so he's the, the amount of support is like it's unbelievable. So that's what I would say. Like he's never given me the old pep talk, but it's the amount of support, the overwhelming amount of support ha- has drove me because you know, like I don't think I'd ever let him down, but I definitely don't want to. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you had an amazing run in WWE, 15 years, which I oh, think I, a lot I of love it. I, I have I have no regrets. I think everything that has happened has made me who I am as a person, uh, made me who I am as a performer, my character, if you will. You know, like, yes, I have I've had a, a title here for a day, a title here for two days, you know, or two weeks. And I think that's what's made me. And it's what's made me cherish uh, those certain moments, you know, if I was a five-time IC champion, who cares if you win one at me, you know, but for me, oh my God, I'm finally here, you know, like it, it, to me, it's, it's better like that for me personally. Mm. Well, you say you have no regrets, but when you look back, do you go, I really wish I had the opportunity to do this, or I really wish I could have done this thing. Okay. So there's three regrets. Can you see the three? Okay. There's three That's regrets I, I've had. And one of them I have fixed. And here are the three regrets. Some are kind of like joking regrets, but one is one is actually serious. One regret is um, it was like in the middle of the year of the Z True Long Island story thing. It was Nassau Coliseum, where I, my hometown, Long Island. And at the end of the night, um, it was like Cena and Austin doing like the beer bash. One of my biggest regrets is I didn't just run out there and just drink beer with them. <laughs> I should have because I was like sitting. I was in Gorilla for something. I should have just went out. What were they going to do? Yell at me for drinking? Like, and Austin and uh, and Cena would have been cool about it. That's one of my yeah. biggest regrets. Is that, and that's a ridiculous regret to have. But I should have just went out there. Um, my other regret is the downfall of this Z trolling on story when everything was happening, like the push off the stage and uh, the back brace and all that. I regret not, you know, just knocking on Vince's door and being like, "What's going on here?" Why is this happening? I don't understand. I'm, you know, one of the top merch selling guys, hard worker doing all this. Why is this happening? And so people say, oh, Zach Ryder got buried. I only blame me for that because I wasn't mature enough, man enough to find out why or ask. I don't blame anybody else. That's me. Hmm. You know, looking back, I blame me for that. Um, I'm not making excuses. Was I too young? Was I scared? Probably. Immature? Probably. Whatever hmm. it was, I didn't do it. So that's that's on me. I don't I don't blame anybody else for why that went down. That's that's on me. And that's that's the that's a serious regret. Um, And then the other regret is after winning the IC title at WrestleMania, Edge and Christian were there and um, I didn't take a picture with them with the title. And I like that ate me up for years I'm like, because those were the two guys growing up like, okay, they were my favorites in high school. Like if these guys can do it, I can do it. Because it was guys like them and Jericho who were kind of, you know, smaller. You know what I'm saying? At the time, now they're, they're huge. Yeah. But at the time, smaller guys. Uh, so I always regretted that. But then this year or last year at WrestleMania when Hawkins and I won the tag team titles, they were there in Gorilla again. And I'm like, that's it. We're taking the picture. <laughs> so I, 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 I really believe like I didn't take that picture that one time to take it with all four of us. Um, and I had that framed in my house. So that one regret's gone. 
So did you tell them the story? Did you tell Edge yes. and Christian like, oh, I yeah. meant to do this before? Yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Those those two guys, I mean, Edge, obviously, with the Edgeheads thing. I mean, you talk about getting cut years ago. If we weren't the Edgeheads, we would have been gone in 2007. Hmm. No doubt about it. Um, we were on SmackDown at the time, and and we were in OVW. It was a weird dynamic. We were in Deep South, Deep South closed, so they moved us to OVW. And in that week move, we debuted on TV. So we're like, uh, do we still have to go to OVW? They're like, yes, you do. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, so we were doing like nothing on SmackDown as the Major Brothers, and the the writers were coming down to OVW that week. And I think it was Hawkins who said to Michael Hayes, like, what what are we doing? Like, wh what should we show you? We're already here. And he said, show us something different. And we're like, okay. And we had this idea because Edge was just coming back and we were big fans of that show, Entourage. So we wanted to be like his turtles, like his little minions. So we came out to Edge Music, dressed as Edge, and we cut some little promo. We're on the phone, like getting him coffee or something like that. And the writers loved it. It's like, well, now you got to get Edge to love it. And we didn't know Edge. We Like, hello, goodbye. That was it. Uh, and then Hawkins got Edge's email and emailed him this idea. Luckily, Edge went with it. Well, he didn't need to bring us up, these two jabronis. Right, but he was smart enough to realize, okay, I could teach these kids. They could take my bumps. It's heat, you know. I could steal the title because yeah. uh, that was another one of our ideas is to come out like me as Edge, and then Hawkins as Edge, and then the real Edge comes out. But he could have just said no to that, and he didn't. Yeah. So, like, I'm forever grateful for that because we would have been gone 2007, early 2008 if it wasn't for Edge. Have you heard from Edge since you got released? First day. Wow. Yeah. Did Did he say something that maybe you could share? Uh, I mean, it was very just he knew he's like he said something like, you know, you got this. something like the very uplifting, motivational, like you have nothing to worry about. You know that something like that. I don't want to quote the man. Uh, I'm sure some website will quote it. But guys, I'm not quoting Edge right now. OK, <laughs> Lords of Pain. I'm not quoting Edge. Too late. They already made the headline. I'm sure. <laughs> um, uh, I'm just so excited for what's next for you. And I feel well, thank like you. I feel like you're standing there, like waiting for the floodgates to open, like waiting I, I said, for the to happen again. Christmas morning, baby. I see him. My, my dad, he's too busy putting the tape in the VHS recorder. He doesn't have, he's like, wait, hold on. I'm not ready yet. You know? So once those 90 days are up, once this world is, 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 is back to normal, here I go. Well, the difference between this and Christmas morning is, you know, Christmas morning is December 25th. Right. This right. Is now, right. We don't, we don't know. I, I keep telling people that the quarantine feels like someone tells you to go for a run and then you're 10 minutes into the run and you're like, so how much longer you want me to run? <laughs> yeah. Just keep going. Right, we'll let right. you know when you're done. Well, that's the thing about this always ready thing. Like, okay, let's say I, I'm not going to wrestle tomorrow. Obviously I can't, but let's say on, on day 90 or day 95 or 105, I have the gear. I'm in shape. I have the music. Always ready, baby. And I got the merch to sell. <laughs> Gimmick Where, table, baby. Who has a who has a ring in your area that you can get into to, to get so, the rock? So luckily, uh Tyler Breeze and Dillinger have That's the right. Ring. So I, I've been in that ring. Yes, I've seen I've seen the videos. Uh so they have uh they have invited me a couple times and I will go down. Um it's weird because I want to get in there with I keep telling them like I just want to go in there by myself. You know, I just want to be in there by myself. I just want to run the ropes, take bus by myself. And they're like, uh, you know, we have a school here. There's students like, yeah, I don't want anybody there. Why can I come when nobody's there? You know, I don't want to, I, I just want to run the ropes. I want to blow up, you know, I, listen, I got, I just got a treadmill. It's not the same, right? There's no, there's no way you've heard this before. There's no way to duplicate uh, ring shape, you know? So I, I want to blow up. I don't want these kids see me blow up. Let me blow up on my own. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I think on Wednesdays, there's nobody in there. 
Okay, so I'll talk to him. We, we talk, those guys are great. Um, just everyone who's been supporting them, whether it be fellow colleagues or the, the, the fan support has been unbelievable. Um, and, you know, and, and I, I thank you all so much for that. If there's somebody watching right now that wants to be able to have the career that you had, wants to chase after this, and they're, you know, on the verge of about to apply to wrestling school, what do they need to do from here? Work hard and not stop. That's it. it. It's not, you can't just work hard until you get it. Because when you get there, you have to work harder. And when you get to the next thing, you have to work harder. It, it doesn't get easier. It gets harder. And that's, I guess I, I live for that. I live for the next challenge. Uh, okay. Now what do I have to overcome next? I love, I love proving people wrong. Right. But I love proving people right. So everyone who's been, you know, who, from day one, whether it be from the the handful of indies I did or it's when we were the major brothers or the edgeheads or the woo woo guy, or, you know, if they saw me win the IC title or if they were a YouTube guy or they just found us from the, the figure podcast, I want to prove all those people, right? Forget the haters and the doubters. Sure. It'll be cool to prove them wrong. But I don't care about that. And for all the people out there who want to just accomplish their dreams or the wrestling, whatever it is, like you have to put in the work and it's, it just, it's never going to stop. Like you hear like 24, seven, 365, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. That's how it is. You know, you got to be, you got to be on all the time. Do you realize that with that said, it's about to get that much harder for you. You're going to have to work that much harder moving forward. I, I, I love it because I feel like towards the end of the WWE run, like I wasn't, not that I you can always work hard, but I had nothing to really work for. You know, you can't, you know, if you're not in a certain situation, you know, you can't, you know, you can't, people are like, why don't you just turn heel? Oh, yeah, I'm going to run out there and beat up all the, the good guys. It doesn't work. You know, like you can only, you know, do what you want to. You can only do what they allow you to do. You can't, you know, if you're on television, I don't care if it's a five minute match or a two segment match. I'm going to put my my heart and soul into it, make it the best I could possibly, you know, make it. But you can't. There's only certain things you control in this business. I think your gear, your physique and your attitude. Right? I'm a firm believer in that. Right. You can't you can't you know, you can pitch things and you should. Right. You, you at the end of the day, you, you don't write the show. Right. You're just a character in this show. So whatever they give you, you need to make that the best you can do. You know, like even like so the, the Monday before I got released, it was a raw in the performance center and Hawkins wasn't able to come down here. We were supposed to come down, you know, get we got to travel or Hawkins did. But because of like the New York to Florida, like he couldn't come. Right. So I said so then my travel got taken away or my travel. I, I would have drove 20 minutes. But but I, I emailed Paul Heyman and said, hey, listen, I know Hawkins can't be here. I'm I'm available for singles, whatever you need me for. You know, like I, I I'm ready to work. I'm willing to work. I want to work. What, and that's why I'm your last, what's your last match in WWE? My right last now? match is um <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so it's the last live raw with people. Um I wrestled Bobby Lashley, and if you blinked, you would have missed it. <laughs> <laughs> What can I, Bobby Lashley is one of the best. What can I, I love Bobby. He was the better man that night, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and this has been, uh, this has been a great conversation. Thank All you. Right. It's a, so a lot much of fun. For hanging out, man. I really oh, appreciate it. I, I don't know if we put over the podcast enough, so let's do it. Over the, <laughs> the major wrestling figure podcast. Now well, people hear it. Called. Yeah. Yeah. People, people hear it like, ah, toys. Listen, this, this, I promise you, You'll you'll watch something whether you watch them on YouTube. I just put something up where I'm giving figures a figure bath. I'm in the bath with a loofah, right? Uh, you know, you gotta clean those babies up. You gotta light a candle, get that loofah out, clean those figures up. So there's weird stuff like that, 
right? But then if you actually listen to the actual podcast, listen, you can't get, I wish we can get in a time machine, right? Get that DeLorean, go back in time. You can't, yeah. right? But if you hear us talking about maybe that, that Hasbro Hulk Hogan, you're like, oh man, I had those, right? Let me check out eBay. Oh, you know what? I'll get one. Like, oh, these are really cool. I'll get another one. And then it just, it brings you back to your childhood. You can recreate moments. Maybe your favorite birthday, you got the ultimate warrior, or maybe, you know what? Mom and dad couldn't find you the ultimate warrior. Well, now you go on eBay by yourself. Yeah. You know, so you're recreating history and you're recreating this, uh, this, 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 this childhood feeling and the nostalgia it's in, right? Not just wrestling, not just wrestling figures in life. You know, it's, it's a happy place and people that, you know, <laughs> like the Miz was just over the other day and, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, he saw the, the, the toy room. He's like, what is this? I'm like, dude, you don't understand. Like I, I'm in here. I'm, I'm happy. You know, and like, I'm not sitting on the floor playing with these guys, you know? But if I'm reorganizing something or playing Tetris with them, trying to make them fit, like that's the adult version of playing with with toys. I think it's just having them all set up, and and it's very entertaining. It's incredible. Your podcast is very entertaining. Well, thank you very much. And and one of the main goals you asked, like, what I want to do next. Now we yeah. do these live podcast shows. I would love to do live wrestling podcast shows with like the storylines and the characters we've built on oh. the shows. Well, if you ever need a host for one of those, let me know. Well, we might have to call you. I don't know if you saw Live 5 available now on YouTube, youtube.com slash majorwfpod. Uh, <laughs> our live show in Tampa obviously got canceled. So yeah. we said, you know what? We're still going to do it. So uh, we still did it. Uh, I say live, but we had people film stuff. We filmed stuff. We edited it. And the big finish is that someone broke into my toy room, attacked me from behind with a bat, spray painted my major wrestling figure podcast championship, and stole my holy grail rhythm and blues, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Now, what if we could pay off that in a big match? A Greg the Hammer Time, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine on a pole match. Wow. Well, they came in with a bat, so I'm guessing it's you versus Sting. Well, if you go to the YouTube channel, you'll find out we put the video up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous, uh, but I love it. It's fun, right? It, look, man, this has been really great. And I'm just, I, I love your positive attitude here. It, I would have loved to have been able to do this interview in person, but with, you know, the way things are going sure. uh, in the world, it's obviously not possible, but your positivity oozes through the screen here well, and it oozes through the speakers for anybody who's listening to this. <laughs> I, 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 listen, like I said, like I was not uh, a naturally positive person. Like I, I watch a lot of things and, you know, I wake up every day and say the, the, the five things I just say five things I'm grateful for. And I list like my goals before I get out of bed. First thing I do every morning, yeah. it just, it puts me in a good place. You know, um, I, I would say, I'll be honest, like after, you know, like the, the YouTube show fell apart and my whole, uh, you know, the career fell apart for that short time. Like I was, you know, kind of bitter. And I'm sure if you, you look, you can see some, some negative tweets like Zach Ryder versus catering and stuff like that. And like, eh, you know, like I'm not proud of that, but I needed to go through that to like realize, Hey, life's not so bad, right? You can make the best of any situation. And I'm living proof that you can hit rock bottom and come back up. Mm. Look at you now. <laughs> Look at me, the host of the major wrestling for your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, uh, super grateful for this time with you. And I'm, I'm, I'm so stoked for what's next for you. Well, there we go. It's Christmas morning for Matt Cardona. I love that analogy. I'm so excited for what's next for him. And so excited for him to unwrap those Christmas presents whenever he's able to unwrap them. A uh, huge thank you to Matt for trusting me to do this interview because I know he's received 
hundreds of interview requests. So it means so much to me that he would trust me to be able to have this conversation with him. I loved it. Uh, I'm sure you loved it too. If you did, please take a screenshot, tag me, tag at the Matt Cardona, and let us know what you enjoyed about this. There's so many great little, little nuggets in there. And I know that wherever he goes, whatever he does, he's going to be super, super successful. He's such a star. And like he said, the handcuffs are off now, and he's free to do whatever he wants to do with the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, which I, I don't know if we promoted it enough <laughs> during this interview with his Pro Wrestling Tees store and with the indie dates that I'm sure he's going to be able to start announcing you know, as soon as things start getting a little closer to normal. But man, the positivity here, the gratefulness here, ah, I love it. So infectious. And it reminds me of this quote I saw from Jim Quick last week that really spoke to me, and I know it'll speak to you as well. Don't wait for a greater life to be grateful. Be grateful, and you'll have a greater life. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on YouTube, because I've got a bunch more interviews with recently released WWE superstars coming up soon. Who could they be? Hmm, I'll just tell you, the next one's with Hurricane. But who could the ones be after that? Hmm. <laughs>